Hello and welcome to the Divine Renovation Podcast, where we seek to help you take your parish from maintenance to mission. My name is Ron Huntley, and I'll be your host today. And with me in studio is Rob McDowell. Hello, Ron. And Father James Mallon. Hey. want to address a question. It's a really cool question. It's going to be fun to unpack this with you guys. And the question is this. As leaders, how do we know we're being guided by God? That's a good question. (laughs) What are your thoughts? Let's kick that open. It's a big topic, but it's an important topic for Mm -hmm. sure. And I think it's a great question that I think we need to wrestle with. Um, Yeah, I mean, mean, obviously we have, you know, the guidance of Scripture and and the tradition of the church, and that is the sense of, you know, how how has Scripture being interpreted down, down through the ages that give us clarity in some key points. I mean, first of all, there's, you know, I think you can have certainty over decisions about Doing about not doing evil things, like you know, like if you're getting on my nerves, to, I don't have to discern whether I should kill you or not. I mean, that's that's not. You can be pretty sure, pretty darn sure that that God is not calling you to do that. You might uh, feel like doing. I might it. feel you like might doing it. Yeah, do might, it. exactly. But that's not being guided from God. It, it, yeah, for, for sure. So that's easier when you're discerning good or evil. The the tricky thing is when you've got two good things and you're trying to say what what is God calling us to. Mm. I was out. That's an interesting perspective because my son plays hockey and he's had a lot of choices and, and it's hard to make good choices. But I, one of the things I would say to him is it's so great, Christian, because if you keep working hard, being coachable and teachable and great to the people around you, you'll always have good choices. But it's not easy to make choices. You have to discern that. And some of those things are what are you drawn to? Uh, weighing out the pros and cons, like use your common sense. You know, I know Nikki Gumbel in a video years ago talked about the five CSs, and I always found it really practical and helpful. They're compelling spirit, circumstantial signs, commanding scripture, common sense, communion of saints, and depending on how big the issue is that you're trying to be guided by, you might want to engage more of those things. Small decisions can be quite easy, but if it's a weighty decision, and if you're in leadership, a lot of your decisions have consequences for lots of people. And so it is a weighty feeling sometimes when you're deciding whether or not you should change a Sunday school program from a traditional classroom style to more of a youth group style or whatever it is that you're discerning. It's hard. I I think, too, there's this thing which, you know, obviously things that are wrong, you know, the that it's pretty clear there, but I think there are some generic good things that we can, again, be certain that, that God is definitely calling you to do. So, for instance, is God calling us to evangelize? I don't think that's much of a discernment point. The answer is yes. Is God calling us to be a more welcoming community, to reflect his love? Uh, yep. Right. Uh, I, is God calling us to grow in holiness? I don't think you need to discern that one. These are these are kind of basic things. Now, yeah. how you do these things, that's when it gets pretty tricky. Yeah. And I think to your point of certainty, a lot of times, I remember a number of years ago, this was very, very freeing. Uh, a friend of mine was saying sometimes, you know, if he was pitch and change uh, in the church he was leading, um, people would always come to him and say, Pastor, do you, do you know it'll work? He said, nope. I'm never more than sixty or seventy percent sure, <laughs> right? You know, because I think we can we can sometimes play the God card to try to manipulate it's so people, true. right? Yeah. And it's like God told me, or God's with us, or you know, whatever it is, right? And and I think I think you want to take people and help them. No, we have prayed, we have thought about it, we've you know, we've kind of done our due diligence on the spiritual side of things, 
but to recognize we might still get it wrong, you know, at the same time. Yeah. I mean, uh, ultimately, if you're within the realm of, of, you know, it's, you're doing something, you're trying to figure out the way to do something that we know God is calling us to do, the specific things that we're, that we're discerning and the decisions we're making, can you be absolutely certain that it's, that it's, that God is actually calling you to do that? Is there absolute certainty? I would say, no, there isn't. That's why Jesus himself said, by their fruits you will know them. It's, it's afterwards, by looking at the fruitfulness, that you can know for sure that this was of God or this was not of God. Well, and even St. Paul over in was First Thessalonians 5 says, test all prophecies. Yep. You know, God's going to speak, but... People are going to get it wrong, and they're going to make wrong interpretations. doesn't mean God doesn't speak, but it doesn't mean that you can't get it wrong either. Fair right. enough. In Galatians 5.22, the, the, the fruits of the Spirit contrasted to the fruit of the flesh. That's a, that's a key passage for us. I mean, in one sense, uh, if you're convicted that such and such a thing is God's calling your life or, or God is calling you to, you know, to do this, but if you're not growing in the fruit of the Spirit, in fact, you're growing in the in the other fruits, then you can pretty be much be sure that this is this is not being of God, and so that again, we that's why we need to constantly be evaluating things as well. Mm. Because we we are, and, and I know at Saint Benedict Parish, I'd have people parishioners, great parishioners, faith filled parishioners, prayerful parishioners, be really inspired and motivated by different things, and come to me or us and say, we really need this ministry, or we really need this ministry, and. And it can almost be uh, death by a thousand cuts, you know, as, as a leadership team and as a church who's limited by resources. And, and so discerning God's will when people are good, meaning people are telling you that we should do this. This is what God wants us to do. That can be hard. And I think that's the benefit of a leadership team, too, is that, you know, we can discern those things together based on all kinds of factors. But the whole time we're doing that, we're trying to discern God's will. And part of discerning God's will is what we're saying no to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you, it's very clear in the ministry of, of Jesus. I think when he began his, of the story, when he began his public ministry after healing Peter's mother-in-law and dealing with all the crowds in Capernaum, Jesus gets up early in the morning, goes off to pray. So the importance mm-hmm. of prayer. And then when Peter comes and finds him, he's like, Lord, what are you doing? Everyone's looking for you. And Jesus says, we've got to move on. Mm-hmm. We've got to move on. So, you know, so Jesus had a very clear sense of, of what his mission was and was quite willing to actually say no to things. I mean, he was willing to say no, to move on. And, and so that's a key part of, of, of discernment is what is our core purpose? What is it that we have to be focused on? And I think one, from, from the ministry of Jesus himself, we see that, that engaging in prayer and, and discernment and being intentional about leadership will always mean that you're going to say no to something. I heard uh, one time Jesus was never motivated by need or opportunity, but by the voice of his Father. Mm. Right, and you know you taking you, you taking that if, if if I'm in that situation, and I'm Jesus, I'm staying there. I got a whole crowd of people that love what I'm doing, you mm. know, and I'm like, man, this is successful. You know, why would I leave this? If I go on to the next town, they might reject me. Yeah. Wow. Right, <laughs> and in my brokenness. I want to stay where I think it's it's successful and good. I'm staying with you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's a, it's a great point because in, in in our Christian tradition, there's you know three things um, that that can that can fight against us doing the will of God, and that's the the world, the flesh, and the devil. Mm-hmm. So the and and the world is just the a, a spirit of worldliness, which in a sense in parish leadership might be a desire for 
financial success or, 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 you know, worldly approval. You know, I've got the respect of the people in the community and, and such, or maybe a, a worldly way of looking at the organization of the parish and uh, a worldly definition of success. And then the flesh is, is in Scripture, basically, is unredeemed human nature. It's a fallen human nature. You know, we traditionally say the, the sins of the flesh, that's sexual sin. No, all sin is a sin of the flesh. Pride is a sin of the flesh, right? So, so the flesh has to do with maybe human ego, ambition, uh, and that's one of the things that has to be discerned. Like, what's at play here? Is it my need as a leader? Is it my own ego, my own fears? Is it my own brokenness? What is, what is really at play here? And then, of course, the, the final one, uh, we've got to remember that, that, that spiritual warfare is real. And if you're in a parish that is, that is intentional about engaging the, the, the call to move from maintenance to mission, you know, the evil one probably didn't have to waste a lot of time with you before because the world and the flesh would have taken care of things. But if, if you're actually seeking to press into this, then the evil one is going to be a bit more attentive and, and the whole dimension of spiritual attack uh, is a very real thing. So therefore, if you are engaging in this journey, mm-hmm. those are the three things you've got to guard against, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And in, in Divine Renovation Model, the, you know, the keys, the three keys are the primacy of evangelization, the best of leadership and empowerment by, by the Holy Spirit. And we've got to be very careful that in the, as we engage leadership and all of the, the, the tools and skills mm-hmm. and best practices around leadership, that we don't reduce it simply to human wisdom. Mm. Well, I, I think we have to recognize, and I think we've discussed this in other podcasts, but you know, it's uh, we're not just focusing on leadership; we are focusing on spiritual leadership, and, mm. and, and that needs to that needs to affect how you lead. And and you know, so for example, I mean, we, we'll read a lot of books on leadership from people who aren't writing this from a faith perspective, for for example. And so I would say that we go into that, but again, to the point of discernment, we we discern where it's coming from, mm. right? And we say, okay, what's, what's to be learned here? What's to be rejected here? We're going in with, with the eyes of, of judging what's, what's under, because there's some great books that can help us understand, uh, you know, how people think and trends and a lot of stuff, and, and, and we certainly will lean into that stuff. But at the same time, there's stuff that comes out of the business world that we clearly would reject and say, that's not helpful. You know. We have a, a new staff member who comes with a ton of incredible world experience in, in, in business and helping organizations uh, head in a great direction with an incredible, incredible personal spiritual life. But she's never been able to marry the two in her work. And it's fun watching her link those things together in yes. real time in meetings. It's like, oh, my gosh, I've never had the opportunity. We to actually do this we before. had a meeting just <laughs> just a few days ago and it was we're working on kind of a, a bigger strategic plan for the ministry. And what I love <laughs> is that we made a commitment a few weeks ago that every time before the beginning of, of these meetings, when our leadership team gets together, the first thing we do is we go up to the chapel and we get down on our knees and pray. And we did it. We did it again. We were up, and we get down on our knees. Some some of us fell flat flat on our faces, and and just calling on the Holy Spirit. And then, and then when we had our, our strategic session, at one point we were talking about the whole thing of how are we going to discern yes. what we have to do, and and it was all this methodology. <laughs> and in it, we said, okay, so it was. I was around discerning what what is God calling us to do in terms of options or possibilities because it's very easy to be overwhelmed by requests to do all these things and and there's that balance between you know pl- sufficient planning being very mm-hmm. intentional about what you plan but 
But if you leave no room for the Holy Spirit to, to knock on the door and surprise you, like, how do, we, how do we bring that in? Like, I think of St. Paul, you know, the vision he had, the dream he had of the man saying, come over to, to Macedonia. I don't know if you had a strategic meeting, would that, have made the, <laughs> would that have made the list of top 10 strategic countries? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but the Holy Spirit intervened. And, and I think you've, we've got to be intentional, leaving space for the Holy Spirit to work. Yeah. Well, and I think also we have to recognize it, it's easy to spiritualize dispositions in leadership. It's true. Right? Like you take, <laughs> you know, and, and this is kind of getting back to the flesh, but you take a, a person that's uh, contemplative in nature, laid back, you know, uh, and, and the, the, the driven person can look at him and judge him and say, well, is he lazy? Right. Well, is he lazy or is he just that's, that's who he is and that's how God has wired him? And, and maybe he's justifying laziness by that. You take the other end of the spectrum, you take someone that's like, you know, we need to do big things for God and we need to accomplish lots and always set big goals. Well, is, is that because that's what God has put on your heart and he's given, he's, or are you just driven by your ego? Right. Mm. It can be either or. Yes. And, and so whether you're easygoing and want to kind of sit back, are you, is that how you're wired? Are you just, or are you lazy? Right. You know, you can justify uh, ego and laziness in, mm. in leadership all the time. And mm. I think there's that part of where, what, what part of my flesh is motivating me and influencing and th- what's my... The thing is, ego is always going to be there. I mean, here's the thing. If, if we wait till we have 100% pure motives, we'll yeah. never get anything done. I, I consider a good day, if I, can, if I can end the day with 51% good motives, yeah. that's a pretty good day. <laughs> but, 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 but again, getting back to our leadership, it's always going to be there, but it being there and us acknowledging it and us not acknowledging it are two completely different things. Well, exactly. and that right. goes for a team too, because yeah. if we're being led by somebody and I recognize that, uh-oh, I think you're in 39% right now, I have a responsibility to question your motives and mm-hmm. to help you. Yeah. I can't just follow you with blind faith, knowing yeah. full well that you're being led by the, it's not being led by God. Or if I'm questioning, I need to be able to dissent so that we can make sure as a team, as a leadership team, we are making right decisions and we're putting That's God why the, first. the, the, the the idea of, of a leadership team and, and kind of as a, as a form of shared leadership without abdicating responsibility as yes. a leader is such a great thing because we we all have blind spots. We, we're, we're all broken. We're, we're sinful. Uh, and and uh, we have a brilliant capacity to deceive ourselves at times. And so if we're sharing leadership and having honest, open conversations and you have a trusting environment where I can be challenged and you can really open up something and really examine, okay, what is actually motivating us? Are we being motivated by fear, uh, by our, our fear of, of going somewhere where we might fail, you know, like even things like that, which in itself you could say is not entirely bad because we, we all have, we're hardwired to avoid, yeah. avoid dangerous situations, but the Lord calls us, you know, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. We want to stay in the, in the, in the shallow end. So we need that, that having that group around you, I think is going to, um, certainly increase the chance that we can really listen carefully to what God is calling us to do. Mm. I remember one time years ago, we were running Alpha, and this was in a different parish, and every time we ran it, we were not getting out people that could influence other people. We ran it three times and got the same dismal results, and I had to keep using the same team because the people that were coming, were, they, weren't, they weren't able to socially be on team. And it wasn't until we discerned together, I said, God just came. He said, we can only get one group of people. What group of people are you going to encourage us to go after? And I said, I want you to write it down, and then we'll reveal our answers. And so everybody wrote it down. And every, we went around the table, and everyone said, parents of young children. 
Every one of us. And I thought that was so cool. I said, okay, what are the obstacles that prevent people with young children from coming out to Alpha? They, they feel guilty if they get babysitters because they work all week and they're, they're tired. They don't want to cook. Both parents work. You know, sometimes they travel. So we actually moved Alpha to a Friday night. Everybody said it would not work. And all of a sudden, we launched out. We called it a date night just to give reason mm-hmm. for And we filled the place with the exact people that could then make a difference in the community. And in fact, at St. Benedict Parish, they run Alpha every Friday on uh, Friday nights so that they, we can get that age demographic. And we take care of people's kids. But that was a risk. Yes. And it was a risk based on discernment and discerning God's will and really you know, what, what are we yearning for? We're yearning to bring people home to Christ. We're yearning to reignite people's faith. And some, you know, if your church is flat or dying, address that yearning, bring it to God, and collectively begin to discern, you know, what's God's will? Because this God's will isn't for the church to fail. I promise you that. Yeah. Well, and I think around this whole idea of discernment too, it's, it, it's in some ways, you need to think of discernment as a skill that you can grow in. Yes. Right. And a lot of times when, you know, the books aren't written or the stories aren't told about the little discernment choices that gets a leader in. So you think, my, you know, we've got to do these big things or they're bold or they're huge, you know, yeah. and, and probably anybody that's really stepped out in a significant big way, you know, that we're, we're talking about or captures people's attention. There's probably a lifelong of smaller discernments that built up to where they got to the point of, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, like muscle. Yeah, it's kind of like in scripture, uh, you know, what gave David confidence that he could, you know, kill Goliath? Well, he had fought the bear and he'd fought that, you know, and it, there was there was a track record that said, well, God was with me there and God was with me here, so I think God's going to be with me there, you know, uh, mm-hmm. type of a thing, right? And, and I think that's part of where we have to say, it. not am I making the huge leadership decisions, but am I, am I growing and making the, the, the little leadership decisions? Remember when we were sitting around the senior leadership table when, when it was announced that we wouldn't be getting another priest? Remember how <laughs> devastated we were? Yeah. It was horrifying. And I remember it was that very train of thought. I forget who was in the room, but they, they said, we're going to be fine. And nothing looked fine, just for the record. It <laughs> yeah. looked like a disaster. But God, is, God has been with us. And every time where it looked like the road stopped there, God did something every time. And sure enough, <laughs> he exceeded our expectations. I think to, you know, you know, the, the gift of the Holy Spirit is, is also a gift of wisdom. But, you know, go back, going back to the words of Jesus, you know, not to, to stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high, that, that any, any attempt to engage with the mission has to be done in and through the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and I've, I've really become quite passionate about this, you know, in recent years, that when we pray together as a team before any meeting, and, you know, that would include any time you, you get together uh, as, as a church, like this whole thing, you know, Father, can you, can you begin with a quick prayer. This mm-hmm. idea of a, a quick prayer is something that we, we say and get over and done with is if it's, you know, we're checking the box. It's a good luck term. It's good luck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like... You don't want it to go bad, so make sure you pray. <laughs> so that has to really change. Like, how do we enter into a listening posture and, and also really invoke the Holy Spirit? This idea of, can we just say, can you say a quick prayer? We've got we've to kill that. That's going to be banished Put down. that kind and, of language and also that the priest is the only one that can do it in the name yes. of the father son our father hail mary glory be in the name of the father yeah. son it's done it's like come on yeah. we can do way better and that's what i love about what we did uh and what we do at saint benedict parish and at this ministry we make room for calling on the holy spirit and prayer and praise time and singing every single week 
Uh, we and do it pausing in the evenings. to listen as yeah. well and yeah yeah and share what we're hearing from our hearts so we hear other people what they're hearing from God because sometimes that can be for us we literally build it into what we do yeah how how is that rob from your perspective how has that affected you how is that kind of in terms of leadership and being on a team and kind of cuz that wasn't your experience coming to St. Benedict was it yeah i would say you know again um, you know, I, I, I knew, I, I knew, I know I needed people around me and I was at my best when I was on teams. Mm. Uh, that was probably more around smaller tasks, things like that. Not so much the overall leadership, but I think what, what a team does is when you start to recognize what you're capable of doing that normally in and of yourself, you wouldn't have done, mm. you know, I've shared, uh, quite a bit, you know, to, with, in coaching sessions, things like that, you've got to activate her. And there's things that I've done in my life that have left on my own I wouldn't have done, right? But you gave me that. You, you gave me the push and the confidence that in my own strength I didn't have, you know. And I think in, in a healthy team, when, when you're understanding, you know, there's a wider perspective and there's the, a wider safety net and there's a wider support system, you'll go places that you won't on your own mm. when you have that trust mm. with other people. And so that's, I know I've certainly experienced that. What's the thing? If you if you want to go fast, go yourself. If you want to go far, go with the team. Ooh, I love that. I didn't I, I didn't come up with that. <laughs> African credit. African anyway. proverb. It's probably a great place to end. You know, thank you so much, guys. This was a tough question. It's a fun question. It's an important question. I hope for those of you that have been watching or listening, this will help you ask yourself how you know you're being guided by God. And if you're on a team, that'd be a great question to ask with your team. Thank you very much for joining us. God bless you, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. The Divine Renovation Guidebook is packed full of information, ideas, and examples where you can put pen to paper and work out your own goals and vision. To purchase your copy, follow the link in the description below. Next week on the podcast. The joy of, of praising God. I like what Ron Huntley says. He says, you know, uses the, the expression, praise your face off. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's an, an incredible experience of prayer. My heart breaks when I see people standing there like zombies, not even moving their lips. Liturgy <laughs> means literally the work of the people. There's a lot of people showing up for work and not doing any work. <laughs>